everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> Hello and That's welcome to UFC After Buzz TV. <laughs> my name is Dari Baronado and I'm here with my lovely co-host and this lovely introduction music. I'm not complaining. George Hermosa and Mr. J Tan. Hey, what's going on, Twinny? Not much. The green twin thing? I know, I like it. It makes me think of chocolate chip <laughs> mint ice cream. Um, we're talking good. about UFC Fight Night 51. It's Bigfoot Silva versus Arlovsky 2. Do you guys remember when they fought back in Strike Force? I do. Um, but this one you looked it up, right? Because I because I googled it. This one ended a little bit differently, but we'll get to that later. First, we're going to start at the bottom of the main card. Where was it? It was in. Oh my god! Oh, this is the Superman theme. Brasilia. You Brazil. just figured that out. <laughs> and by the way, we're done with it. We're into the show now. Enough with it, production <laughs> monkey. I fly away. Dad, turn down my stereo, man. <laughs> The joke was for After you, joke, and yeah. it took you the longest. Yeah, to get it. Potassium. I hear our producer laughing in my ear. Superman, <laughs> but, not, but not super smart here. Well, right now I'm Clark Kent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Super. Yeah. When I take him off, I'm super. Oh, and oh, there we go God. again. <laughs> so let's talk about the Superman. Yeah. Of Fight Night Fifty One. Superwoman. It started off with super. Okay. Women. Two super women yes. going on there. Yep. Uh, Jessica Andrade versus Larissa. Pancheco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica won round one guillotine. Yeah. Whoa, that was first. She was the local. She was the favorite. Uh, she's Brazilian. So She was looking pretty fierce. Yeah. Uh, she, she came out came aggressive. Her, yeah. The girls looked pretty big, actually. We were commenting that, yeah. you know, just, uh, I don't know what size, I mean, they must, I don't remember what uh, what height they were, but they were uh, pretty, you know, pretty thick, stocky girls. I think they were like 5'2 and 5'3, which is yeah. why they could get away with so much muscle mass. Right. But, yeah. I mean, you you think, I, I think about that a lot as a fighter, especially a female fighter. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if I were to fight at 115, 
I'm yeah. five seven. Mm-hmm. That doesn't give me much muscle right. to build. I mean, I'd be a lean five seven. And then you have girls yeah. that fight at one fifteen that are five two mm-hmm. and could have that much more muscle mass. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And yeah. but then you have reach over size. So a lot of factors that play into it. Yeah, yeah. In this case, though, Jessica really did uh, utilize her strength. Yeah, she uh, got Larissa up against the the cage, mm-hmm. uh, imposed her will, got a takedown, and and stayed on top. You know, quite a bit mm-hmm. worked for. Uh, she, she had a lot of. You know, kept top position and was throwing a lot of punches. Eventually, got into uh, got a guillotine uh, position mm-hmm. from guillotine. This sounds horrible. She got a position. She got guillotine position for a guillotine choke right. from half guard, which uh, you know is, is not easy to to necessarily execute, no. as you know. No. Uh, and was able to twist it around. Got top. Yeah, she was position. going for a Darce at first. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. At, yeah. at first she had the Darce uh, almost locked in, mm-hmm. and then uh, she she got into half guard and figured it'd be easier to get that guillotine. Yeah, and it was tight. She yeah. the girl immediately tapped. Yeah, Dario. What? Can I ask you something? Yeah. What did I do? As a uh, future UFC female fighter, mm-hmm. when you watch knock some of wood. these, well, knock on wood. Knock on wood, girl. <laughs> well, you, we never know, you know. When you see these fighters, what do you watch for? Do you do you study these ladies? Do you, do so you watch many it mostly? Things. But is it mostly yeah. as a fan you're watching? Do you watch it as just studying? You're like. I can take these girls. I analyze every piece of what they do as if I had to fight them in the near future. Um, especially when I... It's so interesting for me to watch The Ultimate Fighter because I'll probably be 115 as a pro. Um, so the, those girls are really my future competition if they're around still. And um, I, I just watch them and I'm like, okay, well, well my stand-up would be pretty good against her jiu-jitsu. And, you know, and hmm. I do. I analyze every aspect of it. It's just a natural thing. You know, you train so much. It's it's natural to look for those things. Even even the 135 fighters? Yeah, I did the same thing. Okay. Yeah. That's why I said about her muscle mass. Because right away I thought, okay, well, I'm taller. I'd be leaner. I'd have a reach advantage. But she'd have muscle, so I don't want to clinch up with her. And, and I start thinking game plan. As if the match is, like, next week yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. I do it. I think that's I do really it. important. Every fighter, if you're going to take yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matchmaker 101 for these amateur and budding uh, young fighters out there. Yep. Um, yeah, and I think most guys do, most guys and girls, fighters in general, do watch a match and break it down as much as possible down to right. if they were going to fight that person. And I think that's something that you should do. If you're going to take your career seriously, uh, one of the most important things is to watch as many matches as pos- possible mm-hmm. and, uh, and and see what you can learn, you know, mm-hmm. or, or what to avoid surprises Things that that you wouldn't expect in a match, especially in your weight class. Alan Juban talked about that when he was on uh, on our show here right. what, a month or two ago. That one seventy, especially when you watch matches, you know you really focus on that weight class that you're in. And, Definitely, you know, clearly the case with you as well. Yeah, and and there's such a difference in skill and in skill set, specifically between weight classes, mm-hmm. because I mean, naturally, as you get bigger, the guys get slower, yet they hit harder. Mm-hmm. Same thing with girls. The one fifteeners tend to be scrappier, faster. Uh, sure. You know, faster hands, faster movement, mm-hmm. whereas the bigger girls hit harder. Yeah. You know, it's just... It's, a, it's science. It is. You know, mass versus speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get, you know, freak shows like, uh, like uh, who am I thinking about? Um, Cyborg? Junior. Well, oh. Cyborg. Cyborg, junior, yeah. Who can combine speed and strength, you know. Uh-huh. Um, Sagano, so am I thinking? JDS, you know. Right. These, these heavyweights that are that fast and that, you know, technical with their striking. Um you know, it's it's changing. That's that's a sign of the sport evolving itself. You know, right. We're going to get much more athletic people in general, of all across the board, when it comes to uh, you know, it comes to size and speed. The, right. the smaller guys, the flyweights to let's say featherweights, you know, tr- big knockout power. 
um, you will see as as the sport evolves. You know, right. you see that with guys like they uh, were. Um, what were we just talking about? I think it was on a podcast I did last week uh, mm-hmm. with, on Marcus Kowal's podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about how, like, when new fighters are coming out, mm-hmm. they're coming out with this MMA style. Like, yeah. they're not coming with judo backgrounds, wrestling backgrounds, whatever it may be. And we were comparing, like, okay, there's guys that are amazing that have only known MMA as a sport mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. It's like, do you think having that one specialty in a certain something is always going to have the advantage over just MMA guys? Mm-hmm. I think it has a pros. What do you think? I think it has the pros and its cons. Right. I mean, like I said, just having that one advantage, it's it kind of sacks out your opponent. If I'm a wrestling guy right. and I'm facing somebody who's not, I'm going to take advantage of that. But at the same time, it's like, well, maybe he's just a little bit more well-versed. Because maybe even though I might be a wrestling guy, I might not be a jiu-jitsu guy, which he might be. You know, So right. it just kind of goes both ways. Yeah. Ronda Rousey spoke on it in her, in her media scrum the other mm-hmm. day in Brazil. And she said that uh, MMA guys tend to be mediocre at everything. Yeah. Whereas somebody with an Olympic background like her in judo, mm-hmm. her judo is incredibly amazing. Yeah. And her stand-up's catching up. Mediocre at... Quantity versus quality. Right. And, and that's always been the case, really, since either the first or the second, depending on when you want to count. Right. When the crossover started, cross-training started to, to occur. Because uh-huh. I think after the first one, everyone realized, as, as Art would say, you know, mm-hmm. um, would say that everyone realized right after UFC won that they needed to learn this other stuff that they're not good at. You know, right. Strengthen up your weaknesses. And it became the sport of MMA. And there's so many gyms now that specifically have this MMA curriculum. Right. As you said, guys go in or girls, you know, young kids go in specifically learning MMA. And that's it's a mixed bag. You it's know? crazy to see. Like I drive by gyms now and it's not like kickboxing, Muay Thai. It's like MMA training. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and self-defense. then they break down the elements of whether it's kickboxing right. or wrestling. Or, you know, right. There's wrestling and then wrestling for MMA, yeah. which yeah. is vastly different. Kenny Johnson talked about that when he came mm-hmm. in. Yeah. It is yeah. different. Yeah. What, uh, I think you got to have wrestling, though. I, I was just going to ask you. I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. What do you think? Though I mean, you've seen so many fights over the years. We all have. Mm-hmm. What do you think the essential vital is? If you have the best freaking wrestler, going back to the question we've been asking for centuries, and the best Muay Thai guy, who would you put your money on? The wrestler. Just if from, you're on the ground, then you're not going to be able to hit me. Yeah. But it's just not just taking him to the ground. It's keeping him on the ground. Um, that's why if I... At some point, when I become a professional fighter, I am going to be the <laughs> ultimate fighting champion. Well, I, I think I'm at 200 pounds right now. I'm going to be the flyweight champion. I asked you today what weight, weight class you would want to fight in. I'm going to yeah. be a 200 pounder in the 125. Uh, How are you going to justify that? They're not going to let you. Uh, the, the sport evolves. It's who you know, right? That's what I want to know is how you make that happen. <laughs> so I'd, I'd be a wrestler, but I'd also take a lot of jujitsu. So it's one of those things where I'd take you down. And then I just pretty much play with you. I just do whatever I want. I take a limb, do whatever it is, mm-hmm. keep your ground, but also try to submit you at the same time. I'd still yeah. incorporate the Muay Thai, what about you, know, you, the, the kickboxing. But. I agree generally about wrestling being the most key component yeah. in uh, in fighting. Um, a fighter a while ago, he's retired now, but a, a buddy of mine, Connor Hurricane Hewn, who fought in Strike Force, mm-hmm. said it best. It was the first time I heard somebody say it. Um, if you want to keep the fight standing, then you want to have you know kickboxing as, mm-hmm. as a skill. Um, if you want to sub somebody out, then you're talking about jujitsu. You want that as a skill. But if right. you want to be able to control where the fight goes and for you to decide what 
you know how how the match turns out. Wrestling is the skill that you want, and I agree so with true. that. You know, but I think it's so fascinating that one of the biggest differences between wrestling and wrestling for MMA mm-hmm. is that issue about there not being pinfalls in the in MMA, right? Nor should there be, but wrestlers. Any high-level wrestler has been doing it. Chances are they've been doing it at least since high school, if not middle school, elementary school. They intrinsically throughout their entire career have this thing in their head of being on my back is the worst thing possible. As soon as I get close to my back, switch around. It's those instincts ingrained in their heads from such a young age. And it's the discipline, too. The weight-cutting discipline, like Kenny Johnson mentioned a couple weeks ago. It's like you have all of these... uh, Disciplines from such a young age. Right, right. But with jujitsu, that instinct of being on your back is bad, that doesn't apply. No, and that doesn't no. apply in MMA. Not at all. It, yeah. it doesn't apply in jujitsu because there's so many moves in jujitsu, as we all know, that yeah. are beneficial from your back. Yeah. Having someone on your guard, being on your back, having someone on your guard is an advantage in jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, you're in a dominant position in jujitsu, yeah. whereas in MMA, they see someone holding someone in their guard, taking hits from above. Mm-hmm. It, they're looking at it as a loss. Yeah. So it can get, you know. Suffice to say, though, even wrestlers have to have have to evolve when yeah. coming yeah. into MMA is the point. I agree. Yeah, I, I got to go wrestling. Um, I mean, you look at the the best pound-for-bound fighter in the last five, six, seven years. Weidman? No. Oh. John Jones? No, no. Anderson Silva. <laughs> we all have <laughs> different <laughs> ideas. Who's the best <laughs> pound-for-pound fighter? I mean, I don't agree. So but I, mean, I, I, I yeah. thought he was universally considered the best pound-for-pound fighter. He's always done bad against wrestlers. Yeah. You have the best guy who they say it's the best guy. I mean, I think he's two or three. Um, but I think George St. Pierre was the best guy because he had his wrestling down. Uh, yeah. Again, Anderson Silva, he never did well against wrestlers. So yeah. I, guess I, if it was I would agree that wrestling is the most dominant just because I've watched so many fights in the last couple of years. And I, I'm totally a stand-up person. As soon as I see someone with, you know, sick tornado kicks or spinning mm. back fists, I'm like, oh, I love them. And they always lose to the good wrestler. Always. And I, I kick myself in the ass every time. Just like Tisha Torres, I had her to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone like Carla Esparza is probably more likely to win with that amazing ground game. You look right. at all the champions right now. I think the major- majority of the champions pretty much have wrestling as their base. Yeah. Kane Velasquez, uh, John Jones, Johnson, Johnson, Dillashaw, yeah. everybody's Weidman. Like, yeah. GSP was, you know, the longest. He was a wrestler. Even though he, he never well, trained he didn't, as a wrestler back in the day, though. Yeah, he, he, wrestling wasn't his base. Newfound, yeah. It's not, it but wasn't his home base. push himself and train with high-level exactly. wrestlers, the Canadian national team. Well, Jessica Andretti did some amazing wrestling today. Mm-hmm. She got her to the ground, finished her in a guillotine. And then yeah. right above it, we have Yuri Alcantara versus Russell Doan. Yeah. You know, that another, was a really good fight. Yeah, that one, personally, was my, my favorite, fight, uh, of the favorite night. fight of the night. Definitely. Um, and that one had some fantastic scrambling as well. Mm-hmm. Went to a uh, unanimous decision for Yuri Alcantara winning at 29-28 uh, over three rounds. I gave him the first and second, and then uh, possibly the third I, I might have given to, to Doan mm-hmm. uh, based on his wrestling and control. Um Doan had really good uh, wrestling. The story of the match pretty much was, uh, was I'm sorry, was it Alcantara? No, it was Doan getting takedowns yeah. and Yuri Alcantara working from bottom, a lot of times uh, escaping pretty fast, other times you know threatening with submissions or right. at least submission attempts. And uh, you know, Doan, for, for his part, got a lot of takedowns in that match and did a decent job. This is a perfect example of what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Alcantara has amazing stand-up. For the for the milliseconds they were standing up, mm-hmm. um, Don took so much damage to the face in those. Yeah. I mean, literally twenty seconds of each round. 
Alcantara and, was attacking him with a lot of great combos yeah, and kicks. Yeah, and as soon as he got him to the ground, I mean, yeah, he still won. Alcantara still won, but he won from having mm-hmm. Jonah's guard. Yeah. Yeah, he was busier, I thought, came closer to finishing, especially in the mm-hmm. first round, uh, if I remember correctly here. Alcantara was on the ground, but threatened with uh, uh, with a rear naked. Yeah, rear and naked. that to me looked a lot closer than for the rest of the round when uh, uh, when Don was on top. Yeah, um, and I and so that's why I, I gave that round to Alcantara, um, and and likewise Alcantara was just busier in general. The second round, third round, a little bit less, I thought. Um, and Doan seemed to... Uh, that one possibly you could argue as well, given to Alcantara. Um, but it looks like yeah, the judges uh, went 29-28 across the board. So I'm guessing that that third round was the one they gave to Doan. He was busier, right. and I think he I gave the third the round to Doan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, great example of, of wrestling versus jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and the differences in, in what's most uh, you know most effective. You yeah. know, in this case, jiu-jitsu from the bottom did win out over mm-hmm. wrestling. What, what do you think, George? Fight? This is going to be fun. I know. The next fight is Santiago. <laughs> I don't know. At, gonna at, at welterweight, the next fight. Forgive, forgive my uh, mispronunciation of this guy's name, but at welterweight, Santiago. That was George saying, Ponte the point Nibio. I just proved five seconds ago was just proven wrong by this last fight. So I'm going to go to the next fight. Santiago Pontinibio versus Wendo Oliveira. I think both of them had a UFC debut, right? I think it was both of the Definitely guys for UFC. Definitely for Yeah. Wendell Oliveira well. might have been, yeah. Pretty quick fight, though. I mean, Shoot, was that a quick fight? First round TKO for mm-hmm. Santiago. He was wow. out, too. It, I mean, not that many people you can knock out while standing. Mm-hmm. He was out, and then uh, he kind of got back. A lot of people don't realize that when you're out, you can be out for minutes, but you can also be out for a second. And if well, the referee, hopefully it's only seconds in the, in the MMA yeah, cage. Exactly. The referee is doing his job. Yeah, even if you're yeah. out for a well, second. Well, he's right, though, yeah. Uh, maybe the next punch might snap you back in. Yeah, that does happen but a lot. Mm-hmm. it still gets stopped. I mean, it's for the safety of the fighter. Mm-hmm. The yep. ref stops it for a good reason. It's on the referee to, find, to, to pinpoint watching the guy. The, so this is one of those times where he yeah. was out, he was knocked out, mm-hmm. he got up, he woke himself up like a second later. And, and I don't then, think he realized that he was out. You don't? I, no, I've been out. protesting um, quite I haven't been out via knockout. I've been out via submission. Okay. I was put in a triangle in my first grappling tournament I ever did. Uh, yeah. I was competing against a guy, and I wouldn't tap, and I went to sleep, and I woke mm-hmm. up and had no idea where I was the past 10 seconds. Really? I woke up, my mom was standing right there, and I was like, I locked eyes with her. And mom, she was what like, are you doing in the match? She's like, you're okay. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're okay. I was like, where was I? She's like, sleeping. You went to sleep, and you oh. had you in a triangle. And I was like, oh, okay. And it, it all came back to me. But at the moment, I woke up and I had no idea where I was. That's cute how she could kind of fill you in on what yeah, happened. It's like, okay, baby. It was a triangle. It's okay. You got caught. You'll be fine the Yo, next time. Yo, my mom can if we if she ever comes to visit. Yeah, she's gonna sit right here because she knows her MMA. Oh my good, oh, really? Yeah, she does. Nice. Mama bear and I. I took my mom to Ma- her first MMA mama bear or mama bear, mama bear yeah. or something like that. <laughs> on my way out to Florida to train with the American Top Teams, I was just driving out there. I took her to see a Strike Force event, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could remember who fought, but I met Bigfoot Silva there, okay. and I had no idea he was an American Top Team guy. Uh-huh. So when I landed in Florida, finally, I got to my gym, and I was like, hey, but I just saw you, but you were there. What? And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> but like, he couldn't have flown either, uh, big as he is. But I'm I sure didn't know he trained at the gym seats. I was about to start training at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I it was you. crazy, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. But yeah, she was totally into it, hooked from day one. Oh, man. Yeah. Why don't you... Mama Bernardo, why don't you call us? Hey, yeah, it's okay. We can wait. That's we a good can idea. Wait. Hold on. We can wait. We got because uh, I know she's watching live. She, right? she probably is watching live. What? What's the number? Hey, production monkey, dead. What's the phone number to the studio here? The studio. 
This one, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, 424-256-1729. Slower for her mom, please. Uh, hey! She's not slow. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Christine, say Christine, I'll text her right now four, and tell her to get on. 424-256-1729. Two, Christine is going to text her right now, my friend. Mama Baronado, we're waiting for your call. You know what's ironic is that my mom could call in as well now that it's out oh. there. Except she's not going to watch this thing until tomorrow with her morning <laughs> coffee. So That is so mom, cute. Mom, skip it, you know? Forget it. You missed your shot there. Oh, mom, mom, Mama Tan, call in next week, please. <laughs> I want to hear it. No, because uh, I'll be up there with her next week. Oh, okay. Well, the next time we do a show that your that your darling son is on. Well, when, oh, when, when Jay calls in next week, just put Mama Tan on the phone. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a that's... good idea. Maybe it's it is. not just the glasses. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. <laughs> okay, Clark Kent. <laughs> All right, let's go I to think the next we've one. We've got a lot to see from uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think it's going to yeah. be really fun to watch him. He was an exciting know, fighter to watch. Yeah, grow grow in the UFC. Uh, some stats on him: eight uh, eight out of his last wins. He had win streaks. Uh, what is he? Nineteen and two. Mm-hmm. He, he lost his previous match, which is his uh, UFC debut, I believe. Um, but prior to that, he has win streaks of seven matches. And 11 matches. He's a consistent guy. Pretty consistent, yeah. yeah. Once a, <laughs> Only once in a while is he uh, is he losing. So this is going to be a lot of fun to watch him yeah. in the future. It's so, it's so interesting. We've seen so many guys that prior to the UFC have had these crazy winning streaks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they keep them when they come to the UFC. And sometimes they drop off and it's like pepper shots. Like oh, win, lose, win, lose. So yeah. we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him fight as well, though. Then yeah. we have uh, Leonardo Santos versus Efrain Hecho and Mexico. Escudera. Yep. You like that? You know what his nickname means? I can't roll my R's. No, what does I it do. mean? Made in Mexico. Made in Mexico? Yeah. Oh. Which, let's assume that's true. I Mom and so. dad in Mexico, you know. <laughs> you never know. Um, I mean, uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be very graphic right now Let's because talk about, well, just talk about the just, match just, first. Just, you said what you just said. Let me so give him this. I, I was born in the United States of America, right? Uh huh. But I was conceived in Peru. So, am I made in Peru or made in America? If you were made in Peru, yeah, physically but born in America, you can make that a new song. <laughs> made in Peru, but born, born in, America. in America, 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 America. Yeah. Um, you're American. Yep. Just as American as Superman. You're also, <laughs> also born outside the well. I guess no, that doesn't doesn't apply. <laughs> Certainly, so I'm not American. Essentially, if I'm American as Superman, then I'm not American. Apparently. I'm from yes. another planet. You're well, Peruvian well, American. That That's the one time right. I'll take that back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, guys. Leonardo Santos. Leonardo Santos win via unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Both guys are the ultimate fighter champs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, Escudero won in uh, won season eight yep. uh, as a lightweight, and uh, Leonardo Santos uh, winner Brazil of one? Brazil to the second season in Brazil. He, he was like a wild card. Ago. He was a replacement. For someone who got injured. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, let's see. So he for, fought to the semifinals, uh-huh. Leonardo Santos. He lost to, ironically, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah. And then when Ponzinibbio went to the finals, or he won his way to the finals. Broke his hand, right? Broke his hand, wasn't able to continue, and then Santos came in and uh, uh, and replaced him in the finals and won that match. So anything can happen in the world of MMA, yes. clearly. Uh, Especially with the Ultimate Fighter, we see that so much. Mm-hmm. I was a bit surprised by this match. This, so this went went the distance. Mm-hmm. Santos won twenty nine twenty eight. I possibly would have no. I, I gave the second round to to Escudero. So did I. 
But, uh, you know, this was a match where we saw Santos controlling Escudero a lot on the ground. And Escudero, who has his own wrestling credentials, um, you know, kind of surprising. Escudero was, this is his third return or his third stint in the UFC. Right. Um, Oh, yeah, he got released, huh? Yeah, he got been released uh, twice. And this is his third return. Um, But we saw Santos work in the clinch against Escudero a lot, take him down. Right. And... uh, you know, kept him uh, kept him on the ground, and it was just kind of surprising to see that to see it be so one sided, especially in the third. Um, Santos controlled him with a body triangle yeah. towards the end. The only reason I even choke. gave the second round to Escudero was because mm-hmm. of that that overhand right that kind of rocked. Yeah, yeah. I, if it wasn't that for was, that, that was a big. That was a stand up round, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a stand up round. Yeah. Um, there wasn't much action in the stand up besides that overhand right. Right. So had that not happened, I probably wouldn't have given the round to Escudero because there was no deciding factor. So I had to give it to him for that. You mm-hmm. had to give it to Santos. No, I had to give it to Escudero, Escudero. for right. that overhand right. But if it wasn't for that overhand right, I'd probably give it to Santos. There wasn't based, much action on what. Based on the fact that he was busier, but it wasn't decisively so. Okay, it was a close round. It, I definitely to, marked it the closest round. Yeah. What do yeah. you think, George? I agree. Yeah. I don't remember. Did the, they? <laughs> did someone? Did Did one of the boys just agree with me? I, I agree with it, you once in a while. No, I think. No, I don't. No. Yes, I do. Okay. See, I'm disagreeing you just, with yeah, you. Yeah. You just. Yeah. See what I did there. What color is that light? Doesn't matter. On the count of three. One, two, three. Red. Purple. Yellow behind you, yellowish oh behind that just, me. That, that just sold you on that, that straight tan. Being the logistic what? anal one, he had to look around. He had a hey now colors. Hey, I don't resemble that remark too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, uh, all right, the, the co-main event. Yeah, the co-main event. Please. Oh. Ooh. Gleason Tebow, Piotr Holman. Uh, mm-hmm. Gleason Tebow was an old teammate of mine. Mm. Someone who I actually. Well, I tried to talk to him a lot. I couldn't really understand him. Um, his, he has very broken English, but he's the sweetest human being in the world. Chin um, is the sweetest human being in the, mar- nope. in the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have my moments. Why do you, do you, yeah, you sure. think so? Who got you your U of MMA tickets? Oh, true. <laughs> Jay Tan's the sweetest human being in the world. We have someone on the line. Is it Mama, Mama Bernardo? Hello? Hello, this is Doodle. <laughs> Doodle? We call her Doodle. Doodle! <laughs> Welcome to the show! This Thank is Jay. you! This is Jay, and sitting next to me is Superman George Kent. Are you watching right now? No, I wasn't watching right now. Mom, you saw the fight, though, didn't you? Bigfoot, Silva versus Arlovsky, or no? No. Remember when we met Bigfoot Silva in in uh, Dallas, Texas? <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> Yep, we we're, were just talking about how big of an MMA fan you are because I introduced you to it. Are you excited to see me fight in October? I'm obsessed. I can't wait. You coming out for it, Mama? Doodle? I, I don't think I can because I'm coming out for her birthday. She's coming out for my birthday next, next week. week. Yeah. So she would have to come out two and, weeks in a row. Right. So, right. So, so I guess then you're just kind of a casual so fan. Christina then. has oh. to taste it for me and send it to me immediately. Yeah, she told Christina, who's my friend sitting right here watching us, that she has to tape the fight on oh she wants it like on FaceTime so she can watch it live. Oh wow. Yeah. But I'm like the beauty of technology. Christina's probably gonna be too excited and the phone's it, it, my mom's shaking. not gonna be able to see it and then they probably won't have Wi Fi up there. That's true. It's in central California. It's in middle of nowhere, California. What? Yeah, yeah, mom. Sorry, You're probably going to have to get a couple uh, hours later. Well, that's what YouTube is for. Mom, do you have a favorite UFC fighter? Ronda Rousey. Oh! 
Oh, oh that's a shocker. Oh, Jay Tan is favorite? such a hater. Who's your second favorite? Uh, girl or guy? Anybody. John Jones. Oh! Who's your, who's your third favorite? George, he's testing my mom. Here's a test for John Jones. Uh... You like Gina Carano, remember her? She's not UFC, though. Oh, Gina Carano. I was trying to think of somebody more, like, really fighting now. Yeah. Oh, see, she knows. Like Gleason Tebow or Piotr Holman? <laughs> the one we're talking about right now? Tebow, yeah. She knows Tebow. Yeah. I used to train with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Remember Hector? You like Hector Lombard, um, Mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Actually, funny. I guess I'm obsessed with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I think you are. I think she's just an all-around diehard fan. Well, Mother... I just love the sport. I just love it. She does. Thank you for calling in. Doodle, I want to know how quickly. Oh, talk to us about... what's. What do you think is the most important aspect of MMA? What's the best discipline to... Uh, to the, the key to... To success in MMA. We were just having conversations about striking and grappling. So what is the Ju- biggest Jiu-jitsu, aspect? wrestling, Muay Thai, kickboxing. What yeah. Do- what, what's, your, uh, what's your pick for the key to, key to winning matches? I put her on the spot. I, I feel badly. Well I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just, just teasing. Well what's your favorite, what's your favorite to watch, Doodle? That's actually Doodle. a good answer, yeah. What's your favorite to watch, Doodle? Stand up or ground? Stand up. Stand up, yeah. Sure, yeah. They're just more, those are just more exciting. They are more Everybody exciting. Everybody loves a good knockout. And stand up. For casual fans, stand up yeah. especially, because you can understand more of what's going on, whereas when it's it gets to the ground, visual. it gets a little tricky. Yeah. It does. It gets a little confusing what's going on until, you know, unless you're... Well, Doodle, I suggest... Whatever, then I get it. But. I would just suggest uh, you didn't get to see last night's fights, and that may be the case for a lot of people because it was on Fight Pass, which is available at nine ninety nine <laughs> at UFC.com. I suggest you talk to uh, your little lady after the show, get her password, and uh, log in there and check out she Fight Night she doesn't, she doesn't have a password. <laughs> Because I use oh. George's. Mom, I'll call you tonight <laughs> and give you George's. be careful because if you're on and I turn it along on, apparently it's going to log you out anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send nice. it to you, Mom, so you can watch the fights. Yeah, check out uh, check out Alcantara and Doan and then T-Bow and Holman. Tell us which was your match of the night. Yeah, tweet us. Instagram us. She has Instagram. Do that. Wow. I can Instagram. Yep, you, you can. I would say, what kind of ice cream do you want me to bring you home? But we don't live in the same state, so... It would melt by then. Yeah, and it, it would probably melt by then. I have an obsession with it. Okay. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Love you, Jerry. Bye. Bye, Doodle. Bye. Bye. God, I'm, I want ice cream. I have an obsession with pralines and cream. Well, we got a half hour to go, you so like you're just going to have to hold tight, buddy. You had, like, six cookies before we came on. I had 16. Oh. Well... Shh. That didn't help your argument there. Clear, yeah, clearly <laughs> I was so in the wrong. Um, all right, Gleason T. Bow, Piotr Hallman. Mm-hmm. Gleason came out super, super aggressive. Yeah. Uh, immediately had him against the cage, was clinching up against the cage, eventually took him down in the second round, and just just overall controlled the pace of the fight. What yeah, do you think? This one, you know, T. Bow won by split decision 29-28. I didn't see it split decision. I didn't see it as a split. I, I, I thought T. Bow definitely won. Mm-hmm. All. Me too. But I thought he won all three rounds, to be honest with you. So I had him marked all three rounds. I and it, the, it was awarded fight of the night, which, frankly, I don't understand either. I felt like mm-hmm. it just wasn't his dynamic action. Yeah. Um, the guys did a good job, but 
uh, I just felt that uh, Yuri Alcantara and Russell Doan, that was a much more exciting match and a bit more And I think it was closer, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I guess round three I would give it to Piotr, but mm-hmm. I can't even put my finger on why. Yeah. So I guess that's not a definitive reason. What, what do you think, George? What do we do with uh, Gleason Tebow now? Mm, I mean, he's a veteran. He's one of those guys where I wouldn't put him in the top 15. I think know, he's, he's had a, the second most UFC fights out of, like, of, yeah. Brazilians. Believe, Brazilians, yeah. maybe, yeah. I yeah. mean, if he's kind of that, a utility guy, right? If he's at that lightweight, maybe just put him up against Diego Sanchez. That's an interesting What's, one. Is Diego ranked right now? No. 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 So then to the main <laughs> event. This is the one that uh, we can talk for days about Andre Arlovsky and you know his his rebirth, as it were. Yeah, it's really interesting to see this guy come back. Andre Arlovsky versus uh, Antonio Bigfoot, aka Pizal Silva. Silva yep. uh, Andre Arlovsky KO'd him in the first round, and um, you know it. What? What? It, what, what this is Daria. <laughs> was the camera on me? I hope it was when I did that. God bless just, everybody that was <laughs> listening to this on iTunes. Still confused about it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, a little, oh, my little head shaking. My, All right, my internet great. works. We are such a visual show, guys. Watch us on YouTube. Um, no, download us on iTunes, too. It's all important. Yeah, it's all important. And comment and, uh, you know, so tell, um, us, tell us what you think about Doodle's uh, little jump-in guest spot there. <laughs> Doodle. I can't believe she introduced herself as Doodle. So this was, you You mentioned, Daria, that this is... It was felt, a rematch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a rematch, and you felt like it was a continuation of that rematch. Yeah, right? as soon as it started, I was like, wow, this looks exactly like their last fight. It mm-hmm. was a boxing match, and it was uh, Bigfoot Silva completely being reactive and, and mm-hmm. countering everything that Arlovsky was doing. Arlovsky was the one... Uh, intimidating Silva, Arlovsky was the one coming in and out. Just really a boxing war. Yeah. And I thought that it was going to end the same way as the other one with Bigfoot winning. Um, clearly, I was wrong. But he left his chin open. And, yeah, you know, he got chin. the KO. I was just going to say that. Big chin. <laughs> That's a big chin to leave open. Yeah, he caught him on the chin with the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bigfoot went down, and Arlovsky finished up. But he got on him with hammer fists and yeah. finished up really he, fast. He was lying on the ground sleeping as yeah. soon as that second one hit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because the last uh, the pre- Arlovsky's previous match uh-huh. into the UFC, uh, yeah, his, his return to the UFC, shall we say, yeah. against Brendan Schaub, really close split decision that a lot of people did not agree with, and, and it was not exciting either. Kind of dull to me. Yeah, 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 it wasn't the one that uh, that I think either guy wanted. And in interviews, um, Arlovsky talked about having the UFC jitters. You know, of all things, him, having former UFC, UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah. Right. Even you were like, when, when the hell was he UFC champion? <laughs> yeah, because like it was before my ago. time, really was. I yeah. wasn't into yeah. UFC then. That's yeah. crazy. Which I think is, I think it indicates the pressure that he put himself under in returning. And right. he's, it's not like this is the first guy to, uh, to return at a high, you know, high profile uh, a high profile return like his, although it was right. very surprising. He had, you know, had mixed uh, mixed results since he's left left the UFC. Uh, he's been gone for several years. Well, people said he lost his chin. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the biggest thing. Was, yeah. And coming back into this fight, I was looking. I I predicted this on like like I said the other podcast I did. I predicted it as a knockout for Bigfoot Silva. Mm-hmm. I said round two knockout yeah. because I have seen fights where I'm like. I kind of think he did lose his chin. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about how there's actually physical evidence proven that you I mean losing your chin isn't just a thing we say. You Once actually you get do. Out yeah. That that is losing your chin and you're never the same fighter again. Right. And yeah, that uh certainly there's a lot of a lot of evidence for that and when mm-hmm. he took uh um 
when he was knocked out by Fedor Emelianenko at the Affliction show, was that 2011? 2009. Yeah. Nine. Jeez, Louise. Time flies. Um, yeah, after that, yeah, I th- that was one of his first uh, first matches out of the UFC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I take it back. Maybe he had, I think, a match in Strike Force. Like first or second. Or, yeah. I think that might have been Affliction, I think, was after uh, the, fat, the fight with Silva. After before, no, no, it was before. It was before, for sure. Yeah, because that fight was the same fight as <clears throat> Brett Ward. Okay, you know, yeah, but yeah. since then he's he's fighting. Uh, he's been fighting overseas, fighting in various places. Mm-hmm. You know, to mixed, uh, uh, you know, mixed results. Yeah. And so his return was a bit of a surprise to everybody. And I think because of that, the microscope was on him quite a bit. Yeah. We've seen, but you know, high profile returns. Randy Couture comes to mind. Yeah. Randy is definitely a different. Um, <laughs> Different breed, cat of a different breed, to be yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, when he came back, I think it was well, he, probably older than Arlovsky is mm-hmm. now, to be sure. But I Definitely. think took less damage throughout his career leading up to that. I think that's safe to say. And it was also less time between his departure from the UFC to his return to the UFC. Um, okay, so it wasn't stayed, that big gap, right? Going exactly. into other organizations, right? And I don't think he actually did. I, yeah, he didn't fight anywhere else. It was it was a contract dispute and he left the UFC right. and then never did fight anywhere else and ended up coming back. Oh, okay. You know, probably less than a year or about a year, I think. Maybe yeah, a little longer, maybe. Yeah. Um, so he comes to mind. Um, I'm hard-pressed to think about some other high-profile returns. I'm not going to count uh, George St. Pierre. I'm not going to count Anderson Silva, even Peter though that's Ortiz? a length of time. Uh, you know, Yeah, Tito is kind of the same along the same lines as Randy, who left and specifically said, this is my last match, and then Ended up not signing with Strikeforce. He was talking with them at the time. Um, I remember seeing him in a Strikeforce press conference, and they talked about how uh, negotiations were kind of coming along. And then he ended up back in the UFC <laughs> anyway. Speaking of guys leaving the UFC and coming back, mm-hmm. there's been a huge topic that's been going around in our oh, MMA let's go world to the news, this week. Huh? Uh, it's, uh, it yeah. felt good timing. Um, Tiago Silva. TV news. Oh boy, here I like we go. This. Yeah. I, I've been wanting to talk about this. Yeah, um, I, I think it's something that uh, we should address. Yeah. Um, Tiago Silva, for those of you that don't know, um, he was dropped from the USC because he was... Uh, Jake, I, I see. Yeah. So, so Tiago Silva, th- this was important to me. I've been thinking about this really all week um, because of the, the report the, uh, this week is that Tiago Silva returned to the UFC. He was signed again after some very, uh, very dubious... Storyline that's been going on, uh, you know, development, uh, the events in his life since mm-hmm. February. Um, and with the advent of the Ray Rice football video coming out and the controversy and debate of when the UFC, or sorry, the, of the NFL, when they knew about uh, or saw video of Ray Rice, the elevator video of him punching out his wife in the elevator. Um, how long had they been sitting, known about that video and been sitting on it? And people are, some people saying that the NFL saw that video early on in, in From February. From the get-go, yeah. yeah. Did it happen in February, I believe? I want to get the chronology. The Ray Rice thing? Yeah. Just about. February, okay. March. So, yeah. To be clear, these are obviously two very separate and unrelated incidents. What is related to them, uh, or why it's relatable, I think, uh, the timing, to be sure, is these are two situations of domestic violence, um, or related to domestic, domestic violence, and 
you know, they're hitting the headlines now, the repercussions of it or, um, yeah, the repercussions, you know, punishment or consequences to these two individuals. Um, again, completely different, but... But they're both two professional athletes. They're do- both two professional athletes. Who put their career on the line. Yeah, these are contact sports, and they're in the limelight, and the NFL is is certainly under a microscope right now in regards to how they've handled this whole thing. Mm-hmm. We should break down the bullet points very briefly, but... Also, the UFC is going to be under, uh, un- could be under a microscope, although it doesn't seem to be taking as much uh, as much catch in the, right. well, the mainstream. There's two different situations. Yeah. Tiago Silva um, allegedly put a shotgun to his. To it was his, a gun, but yeah. Yeah, I think they said it was a shotgun. A big, was a revolver. It? I think they said a actually. Big gun. I'm yeah. sorry, a revolver to his wife or estranged wife, and said he was going to effing kill her. Um, there's witnesses that say that it's true and that they were there. So um, that it, separate incident, there were two in- incidents of at least reports of domestic violence, but the one in question in February, right? Uh, Tiago Silva showed up at a jujitsu gym, Pablo Popovich's gym, uh-huh. and I believe and had a gun in hand and threatened, uh, I believe, um, his wife. Tiasa Santos? Tiasa, yeah. Tiasa is a strange wife. Came out to see what was, uh, you know, why he was there. He was honking his horn. Right. So she came out to commotion. see him yeah. and saw a gun in his hand. Saw a gun in his seat. hand and, and reports that he was, you know, seemed to be under some influence. Uh, making a commotion. And then Pablo Popovich came out. And, um, and you know, there was more commotion. Um, the reports, uh, at least the, the police report, which is, you know, granted, people talking to the police and telling their side of the story, mm-hmm. um, that he was threatening to kill people. Uh, when they, uh, Pablo Popovich called 911, police arrived. By that point, he took off. And there was eventually a SWAT standoff with Tiago Silva at his house, and he was arrested there. Um, mm-hmm. That was in February. He was quickly dropped from the UFC. Dana White said that he was never, never going to fight again. Yeah, never going to fight again in the UFC. Ah, and then the comes usual, the usual. Yeah, we jump ahead a couple of uh, a couple of months, and um, I want to get the uh, some of the the dates right. That was in February. Um, his uh, in in May, uh, Kamiji. Oh crap! I don't get that. I, it doesn't matter. A couple months well, later. I, I want to get it right, in, in all fairness to, to everybody involved. But, yeah, the charges were dropped. Essentially, um, Tiasa Santos uh, stopped cooperating with the police in their investigation. She apparently left the country on July 4th, flew, black, I believe, back to Brazil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the case has essentially been dropped. Charges are dropped against uh, Tiago Silva. That was so. That happened between July and now, and, and Dana this White week, reinstated him. Yeah, and this week Dana White reinstated Tiago Silva, which to me sends. I, I, I really had a strong reaction to this in general. I think at very base, um, it sets up uh, the UFC and, and Zufa for this to be something that bites them in the butt in terms of a PR uh, a PR thing later on. To uh, what can happen later on though? What can happen is that this this gives ammo to um, to organizations that, uh, lack of a better phrase, um, th- that are fighting the UFC. I mean, the, the Culinary Union, possibly in New York, you know, they're looking for anything to uh, to point as, as a black mark against how the UFC does their business. Um, as a bad, this was a bad move of. 
bringing somebody back who clearly has issues that have broken the UFC code of conduct. This is what it comes down to. Charges have been cleared, and you know you, that's uh, that's a letter of the law. Law enforcement agencies are in, in control of that, and they drop charges. Then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily clear him of having problems that go against the UFC code of conduct. Yeah. That essentially is my point. And it bothers me that we've got this incident that still did happen where there was a, a showdown uh, with SWAT members and Tiago Silva was arrested with possession of a gun. He had charges on him. Um, I don't think that you should necessarily bring him back that fast. This, there are definitely issues here. This is what Dana White's saying here. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the whole thing with Ray Rice. Yeah. It took them to see a hard copy of video yeah. of a brutal attack mm-hmm. in an elevator. I mean, he yeah. not only did he punch her in the face, it wasn't a slap, he punched her in the face, drug her by her ankles out of the elevator, yeah. and threw, like, threw her over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes and drug her to the car. I don't think he picked her up, but there was... Because there were other people that came... Uh, okay, well, he drug her by her out. ankles. That's yeah. enough brutality yeah. for me. Well, the punch was the, enough. The, the punch, the exa- punch. exactly. Totally uh, so here's my point. Uh, it took the commissioner to see that, or at least to admit that he saw that, mm-hmm. for him to get suspended indefinitely. Yeah, because yeah. initially it was just a two-game suspension. It was suspension. just a two-game suspension before he saw the video, okay? Yeah. Dana White is wrapped up in this in this whole, uh, you know, controversy when it was, when he was being convicted. Tiago Silva was being convicted of allegedly pulling a gun on his wife multiple times mm-hmm. uh, and saying, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. As soon as the charges get dropped, yeah. and as soon as this guy's, you know, out of the shoe, out, no out of con- trouble. No case to convict. No case to convict. Innocent Who, until proven guilty. Dana yeah. White's mind, it's like, all right, well, the, the guy's not being charged of anything. Well, who am I to sit here and be Mr. Noble? I mean, I don't think that's the game he's playing. He's he's a business owner. I think he sees it as, all right, he's welcome back. There's no charges against him. He's not going to jail. It's and not I my can, problem anymore. Technically, I can understand that argument. But again, right. there is plenty of evidence that... That this incident happened, the standoff right. at the jiu-jitsu gym happened. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I'm just saying what and I think he's seeing. I think, I don't have the code of conduct to memory, but showing up to a public place with a gun, whether you were or weren't under the under the influence, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't there, we don't know for sure, but right. those are reports, um, and threatening to kill people, that's pretty bad. Yeah. You should take a time out for that one, now, if nothing else. Do you think that had he been convicted and served, say, two years in prison... Would you let him back into the UFC after he served his time? Yeah, that, well, possibly. That's possibly. something to address. Yeah, it's a hypothetical, so I don't know. Based on that alone, uh-huh. if he served his time, yeah. But you do have to – the UFC has an obligation, I think, morally to look at how he conducted himself in those that two years' time or once he got out, how right. has he handled himself. You know, It's it's worth it to, to interview the guy and right. see – See where his head is. Maybe put him through like some sort of psychological testing and make him be approved by Possibly. a doctor, or yeah, psychiatrist, that, or something like that. That probably like would that. happen, you know, with a parole board. Regardless, right? yeah. I mean, are you adhering to the UFC code of conduct, or are you adhering, adhering to the law? That's a good point. Well, when you're a, when you're a private com- company, when you're a company at all, you have your own code of conduct, or you should, and then yeah. you also have the law. And if you break the law, right. then. Yeah, that should be a pretty strong strike against the code of conduct. Right. At the same time, if Tiago Silva, whether he did or he didn't, it's not so much the woman failing to cooperate. The state can still take you to court. It's still the state of Florida versus Tiago Silva. Well, if you read the report, they said that they, I think they were going to do that, but they didn't have enough evidence Evidence, because she left. Yeah. And they were trying to get a statement from her right before she left, and they drove to her house. Physically, this is what the report says. Yeah. 
Um, they drove to her house, and she was gone already. Everything was cleared out of the house. So to me, it sounds like some fishy business. It, mm. I don't. I don't think it sounds right. It just gives me a knot in my stomach. It doesn't sound right. Also, another point I want to prove yeah. is that a guy capable of that. Wake up. He's. You guys know he's capable of so much more. He. He. I would go out on a limb to say he had probably physically abused her in the past. I mean, a guy with that kind of aggression yeah. towards a woman, especially towards his ex-wife. I mean, yeah, you know, we're giving him the benefit of the doubt, as you should. Again, going by the right. philosophy of innocent until proven guilty. Right. But there is a track record of at least reports, and right. um, that's worth looking into. So mm-hmm. I just, it, it, it bothers me that he's come back so fast. I do believe that when you can get in a bad situation of, you know, domestic violence, and and Dana has said publicly that uh, you know once you put your hands on a woman, that's it, you're done. And, and I admire Dana for that. Yeah, yeah. No I one's like going to disagree with that at all. Right. But, you know, there's still you, – you still got to analyze your fighters, and, and they've got to adhere to your own uh, personal or, in this case, the corporate code uh-huh. of conduct. Um, just because charges are dropped does not necessarily mean that he's been exonerated or proven innocent. Nothing's been proven. Yep. It's just that the police cannot go forward with this case, mm-hmm. and that's different than being uh, being proven guilty or exonerated. And that's, that's a good point. That's what bothers me about this whole thing. Well, um, we do have to wrap up here. Yeah, yeah, we're getting booted, but um, I, I do want to <laughs> say our well wishes to everyone involved in that situation. Mm-hmm. I hope that everyone involved handles it properly and it all blows over. Um, some, you guys want to give your shout out to shout Doodle. To doodle. <laughs> doodle, go Doodle, come on go back. Doodle. Uh, well, my Twitter, at G Hermosa. My Instagram, at G Hermosa. Uh, find me at your local Baskin Robbins. <laughs> buying, a, <laughs> buying a chocolate dip cone of pralines and cream. Double you. scoop. Double scoop. Double scoop. Buy it for him if you like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, JTAN716 all over your social media. Mom, I'll see you in 48 hours. Mom, we're going to have you on the show. Uh, Doodle, <laughs> thanks for tuning in for a little while and jumping on the phones with us. Uh, guys, you can follow me at DariaB28 on all social medias. I'll be fighting October 11th. I don't have all the details yet, I don't think. Guys, thank you, and we'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.